Okay, wait for it. A couple of people watching Cinderella cartoon. And this is the scene in my house just about every weekend. <laughs> and guess what? It's Father's Day weekend. I hope to make out very big. Those kids, two girls, my wife and I, Judith, we have Annalise, who is three, and Madeline, who is one. Why do I bring them up? Well, quite frankly, I never thought too much about education once I was done with school, okay? It was a bad memory. I wanted to leave it behind. And uh, education, that was some other issue, kind of boring. It's ground zero. It is so important. And they're trying to corrupt my kids and yours. We all know it. It's happening. And Joe Biden, the way he makes noise about children and how he's going along with this woke nonsense, it's scary. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel. It's callous. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. Yeah, that's actually the scary part. It sounds almost like something from a communist country. Those kids are in families, okay? Families. And their parents call the shots. We knew how to go to school in this country for centuries. It was pretty straightforward. When I went through school, I mean, there was the teacher, blackboard. You know, we learned the basics. We learned American history. Yeah, we knew about slavery. We didn't get too hung up on it. It was, well, school. What does school look like now? It's a nightmare. It is a literal nightmare. <laughs> Pride parades, mandatory. Uh, pride movies, mandatory, even in math class. Here comes the lesbian kiss. Why are you showing the kids? In math class, we have this nonsense, and then we are still living with the ramifications of two years of essentially no school, empty classrooms. Total crisis situation. And what are they teaching? Our founding fathers? Racists. No, not men divinely inspired, and we were so lucky to have them where they were, when they were. Horrible racists. And that constitution of ours? Thoroughly racist. Critical race theory, that's what it's all about. And the National Archives actually puts a warning. There is a warning for our historic documents at the National Archives. Statement on potentially harmful language. It could be triggering. NARA's records span the history of the United States. Okay, some of the materials presented here may reflect outdated, biased, offensive, and possibly violent views and opinions. All right, they're not just talking about pictures of uh, whatever. They're talking about... The Constitution of the United States, critical race theorists believe that all of this stuff is inherently racist. It is crazy, and now it's mandatory. And parents, families, you don't have a choice, according to Democrats. Terry McAuliffe, he may have lost that governor's race, but he's still one of the most important Democrats in the country and also one of the most richest. Take a look at this. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Wow. One more time, Terry. You don't think parents should be telling schools. That's the way it works in America. What do these Democrats? This guy used to be a centrist. He used to be not crazy. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. The UFT enemies of the people. These teachers union, they are against children. I mean, look, 
There's hope on the way, though. Hope on the horizon. So many states are pouring money into charter school programs. You've heard of charter schools. What are they exactly? Uh, well, they can vary, but basically a tuition-free school of choice that is publicly funded but independently run. That is a beautiful thing. No teachers union. They... They're not interested in kids. They are interested in job protection and doing as little work as possible. They look like regular schools, but they are almost radically different and usually much smaller class sizes. Wouldn't it be great? Hey, what does the, what does the teachers union say about charter schools? They have no accountability. They have no equity. They have no transparency. And when you take a dollar out of a child's mouth, for food, for books, for things like that, to give to a competitive system that actually hasn't proven itself, that's a problem. A dollar out of a child's mouth, no food for the kids if you support charter schools. This is ludicrous. Liberals do it all the time. Overstating, hysterics, pandering. And she's wrong on the substance also. Stanford Center for Research on Education Output, Credo, they put out a new report. And they looked at schools over the past 15 years. Charter schools provide their students with stronger learning when compared to traditional public schools. Excellent. Next. Most charter schools produce superior student gains despite enrolling a more challenging student population. Okay, I like this. The nationwide gains for charter students were six days in math, 16 days in reading. Now, that may not sound like that much, but in education circles, this is huge, and it can lead to very, very big things. Next, in New York, charter students were 75 days ahead in reading and 73 days in math compared with traditional public school peers. Next, please. Those differences can add up to an extra year of learning across an entire elementary education. Also, consider this. The latest study shows that black and Hispanic students had some of the largest gains and that they advanced more than their traditional public school peers by large margins in math and reading. Ditto for children in poverty. Again, game changing. This could save America and America's at risk. Let's face it. This could save the soul of America, which is definitely at risk. Joe Biden talks about that a lot. I wonder, though, what he really means to redeem the soul of this nation and finally, finally, finally restore the soul of the nation. Our actions every day to ensure that our democracy endures, our constitution endures, and the soul of our nation, our decency endures. Soul of our nation and decency. What about the indecent uh, situation at the White House this week? Where's the soul of the nation? I'm sorry, but this flagrant flaunting, uh, it's fine for Instagram, but not on the White House lawn, don't you think? Why don't we have spring break at the White House while we're at it? This is insanity. It's disgusting. It's wrong. Not at the White House. 
and not even at Dodger Stadium. Right now, Pride Night at Dodger Stadium. You know about this, right? Uh, the Sisters of Perpetual Mercy, a sacrilegious group, will go there and perform things that are highly, highly offensive to Catholics, Christians all over. Why? Why is it being done? Uh, because Joe, I think, wants to destroy the soul of the nation. I think he wants the three following things, actually. He wants people to be dependent. Joe and the Democrats, the left, they want us dependent on the government. They want our children dependent on the government. Number two, they obviously think they want children to be depraved. Okay, I mean, how do we get around that? It's depravity. And I think they would like dependable Democrat voters. And there's research that suggests the more challenged you are, the more broken you are, the more likely it is you'll vote Democrat. So that brings me back to my kids. I think it's worth the fight. Absolutely. Uh, and you too. And let's thank the patriots, those who have gone before me, these people. Yes, the FBI may have your name, number, your license plate, but you are absolute heroes. And please, let's all keep it up. We'll be right back. We've known each other a long time. She was 17. I was 40. That's it. What is wrong with him? A lot. Joe Biden. She was 17. I was 40. That's some sort of, a, am sorry to say, child sex joke. And he makes them a lot. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Got to say hi to me. <laughs> we go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. <laughs> this woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate. It's not funny. It's weird. The collective laughter, I think, is nervous laughter. And there are scores of examples of this kind of stuff. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what. And look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old, sitting there with her, like a little lady with her legs crossed. She was in elementary school, maybe as young as seven. And adolescence, too. Oh. Hey, now. Oh, look at now, the very important thing I told my daughter and granddaughters, no serious guys in the 30s. No serious guys until you're 30. No serious guys until you're 30. What kind of message is that? Uh, what are they supposed to do in their 20s? Drink it away? Keg parties and club med? What is he thinking? That is a dangerous message. It's a creepy message. And people are, even in Democrat circles, pushing back. Eva Longoria, you know, the 17-year-old, look at this. Joe's grabbing her a little bit too, right? She does not like it, and I do not blame her. Joe has a problem, yet they say our guy, Donald Trump, is the worst guy in the world. Remember when he dared look for opposition material on Joe Biden? This week we learned that the president of the United States directed a months-long criminal conspiracy to shake down Ukraine to get dirt on his political opponents. The president is not ruling out the possibility of accepting uh, dirt, if you will, or opposition research from uh, adversaries of the United States like Russia and China. 
he's in the business of trying to traffic in bogus dirt on his opponents at the expense of our national security. All right, first of all, you don't have to look very hard for dirt on Joe. Secondly, they, look at the indignation, huh? Right, how outraged they are. Donald Trump has been arrested twice in the past two months. And they're having a meltdown about Donald Trump's behavior, looking into Joe Biden. The hypocrisy is off the charts and a quick review of Joe's issues, okay? How many millions of dollars from China? The House Oversight Committee estimates $3 million transferred to the Biden family from China. How about Romania? $1 million estimated by the House Oversight Committee to the Biden family from Romania. And also Ukraine, of course, I think that's their favorite piggy bank. Allegedly $10 million, $5 million for Hunter, $5 million for Joe. These are very serious people making these allegations, okay? James Comer, Byron Donalds, Nancy Mace. Nancy Mace, oh, by the way, <laughs> she can't stand Donald Trump. These people are unified. They're looking for justice. I like it. And really, come on. Hunter Biden, $83,000 a month, $3 million signing bonus. You know who found a lot of this stuff also suspicious? The United States Department of Treasury. The career employees, all right, they have something called a SAR, a suspicious activity report. They are filed with the federal government whenever banks notice something. This doesn't quite make sense. How many SARs are associated with Biden's or Biden associates? Roughly 150, 150 suspicious activity reports. This isn't some blog. This is the United States Department of Treasury. And thank God the House Oversight Committee is on it. Donald Trump, meanwhile, is the one in court. It makes no sense. I have to say this about Donald Trump as well. I totally understand. They say, oh, if only he turned over the documents, none of this would have been happening. He has every reason in the world to be suspicious of the government. Those letters from NARA, from the Justice Department. I mean, look at what these people have said out loud, even before this whole document thing started. A person who sees moral equivalence in Charlottesville, who talks about and treats women like they're pieces of meat, who lies constantly about matters big and small and insists the American people believe it, that person's not fit to be president of the United States on moral grounds. I think the president is a threat. Is that what that means? I think it's entirely possible. I think that's one of the reasons why we opened the case against him. The president himself might, in fact, be a threat to the United States national security. Without exaggeration, President Trump's counterintelligence vulnerabilities are exponentially greater than any president in modern history. So do you think the president is a national security threat? I do. It's really one of the more painful aspects of this entire two years. I mean, the president's attacks and assaults are one thing, but this is my institution. This is my Justice Department betraying us. It's too bad that Durham, John Durham, wasn't a better writer because he had dynamite stuff, but he deliberately concealed it with bureaucratic language. We're going to hear from him possibly next week. The stuff in there is dynamite. I mean, these people ignored facts that would have exonerated Donald Trump. They jumped through hoops to investigate him when they had no predicate. They had nothing to base the investigation on. By their own procedures, they blew it off, possibly broke the law. That's the FBI. And oh, by the way, you've heard of the National Archives and President Trump's problems with the archives. Actually, more accurately, the archives' problems with President Trump. You know, when he was president, they would bother him. We heard a report that you threw something in the wastebasket. Uh, we need to know where the wastebasket is and why you... Th and literally, they would write these kinds of letters. 
They are liberal. They are biased. Take a look at how much so. Hi. Welcome to the Lawrence F. O'Brien Gallery at the National Archives Museum in Washington, D.C. I'm Alice Camps, curator of All American, The Power of Sports. Let's go on a tour. All right, now it's just lame, okay? It's going to get biased in a moment. It does look like it was produced in a middle school, doesn't it? Next, please. What did the camera stop on? Let's take a look at that. What's the first exhibit in the sports wing of the National Archives? Racial boycott. Uh, yeah, I know that happened. Uh, oh, Jackie Robinson, you see? Okay, that's the sports angle. Well, I went to the website uh, for this matter, for this exhibit. The first picture on the website is this. Nice picture, nice women, Japanese women in internment camps, Japanese-American women's in internment during World War II, which was a terrible thing, but there it is. I thought sports brought us together. I know about this issue. I don't think that's a significant moment in sports. Sorry. Do you? And there's also this. Hundreds of thousands of Native children were forced or coerced to attend boarding schools, many funded by the federal government. The goal of the school's programs has been described as kill the Indian to save the man. Many students resisted through sports. Playing basketball, football, and baseball allowed them to express pride in their tribal identities and demonstrate their power. Kill the Indian. That is the National Archives version of a sports exhibit. Wow. So when you have a fake news reporter like uh, that CNN woman in the white dress and Donald Trump, who's right? Take a guess. I have the absolute right to do whatever I want with them. I have the right. I was negotiating with NARA. Do you know what NARA is? The National Archives. Extremely, but you extremely don't left group of them. people. Extremely left. And I was negotiating with they're them. All left, of a sudden, they raided my house. They're not left. They're bipartisan. Hello. You saw what we just saw, right? We won't be showing up at the sports wing of the National Archives anytime soon. President Trump, right again. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. In the dead of night, you're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength disabilities or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this, the MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back, and you're ready to fire. That is pretty ingenious, actually. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience, available with all EAA Corp distributors. Starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today, eaacorp.com. There's some great teachers out there 
Why, oh, why do they have to be represented by some of the worst unions in the world who don't seem to care at all about teachers, especially that one, Randy Weingarten, who is essentially at war with charter schools. Look, we know how to go to school. We know how to go to school. We know how to do it. We've been educating children in this country for, well, centuries. Lately, it's gotten hideously strange and bizarre and warped. Now, this isn't all bad news right now at this moment. Charter schools, charter schools are making a real difference. Now, what is a charter school? Uh, let's see. It's an independent school, I believe. Sometimes definitions can vary. A tuition-free school of choice that is publicly funded but independently run. And they are doing amazing work. There's this group, Credo, out of Stanford. Uh, they recently received a lot of attention for this 15-year study they did of charter schools, and they are seeing astounding success. Senator Rick Santorum, re Republican, retired of Pennsylvania, also an outstanding presidential candidate back in the day, has been a big champion of uh, charter schools and so much that's good for our country. Senator Santorum, welcome back to the uh, 10 p.m. show. How are you? It's been great to be with you again, Greg. Thanks for having me. You bet. So look, um, we see the videos. They get us mad all the time. But these charter schools are being embraced, and there's, there's reason for hope. There is. Uh, you're seeing it all across the country. The, the report that you just talked about is how uh, you know, private schools, charter schools are doing a terrific job and not just getting better scores than their comparable public school, but they get a, a clientele that is decidedly more in need than those who go to the public schools. Many of these charter schools cater to low low income, uh, you know, uh, girls and boys, and 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 produce better results. So it's not just that they're doing better; they're doing better even with a group that is more more of a marginalized population. By the way, uh, these kids, uh, what's happening to them in public schools? And, and, and it seems like the Democrats want them a certain way. Earlier in the show, I, I call it the three D's. They want them dependent on the government. I think they want them depraved and they want them dependable, um, dependable Democrat voters. Quite frankly, <laughs> I think I may have heard you say this once or twice in the office. Yeah. And, and, and I, I hate to use another D and this is a rude word, but it, dumb. They, they don't want them educated. I mean, they, 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 the whole point of totalitarianism and Marxism and socialism is to have a public that is not educated, that can be formed, and as you mentioned, the, the dependent. And it, it, you, you do these man-on-the-street interviews, I'm sure you've done them yourselves as a reporter, and you just look at uh, these young people in America today who don't know anything. I just saw a Jeopardy question where they asked the question, you know, fill in the blank. Our Father who art in heaven, blank be thy name, and none of the contestants rang in. I mean, this is the kind of basic things that used to be part of the American culture that are being it's being weaned out of the American culture by the left. And the, one of the principal elements of the left is our education system and the teachers unions. And and I just uh, you know, you're starting to see Republicans get with the program, but it's not because Republicans are leading. It's because parents are leading. Parents are fed up. They're starting to be active. And Republicans now seeing a movement started just like you see, unfortunately, with so many on the conservative side, they want to get out ahead of the movement, but they're not leading the movement. The people at the grassroots are leading this movement. That's a beautiful thing, actually. But why why have Republicans been slow so slow on this? Now, culture 
Culture issues are sometimes seen by elite Republicans as that's a sideshow, that's beneath us. We need to focus on, you know, the important stuff, fiscal policy, strong military, that kind of thing. All this other stuff they thought was kind of kind of silly and, and, and just, you know, the, the fodder for cable news. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I, you know, I go back to, to my election and, and you, you saw some clips there from 2012, Mike Huckabee's election in 2008. Uh, both of us, I think, would have been much stronger candidate against Barack Obama but we were considered by the Republican establishment as culture warriors, people who, by the way, had great records on taxes and spending and, and the economy and all the other national security. But it didn't matter because we actually dared to talk about education. We dared to talk about life and we dared to talk about families. And the establishment of the Republican Party simply didn't want and the donors didn't want anybody out there, you know, uh, roughing up the field a little bit on these cultural issues. And I kept saying, you know, people would call me and Mike and others cultural warriors. And I'm saying, no, no, warriors are we're, we're not attacking the culture. We're defending what is good about America. Uh, we're not the warriors. The other side are making war. We're just trying to defend what is good and true and beautiful and what has made this country great. And, and the backlash, in my opinion, was Donald Trump. I think after election after election cycle, where the culture issues were marginalized, I think the, the, the uh, voters on the Republican ticket just decided we need to blow this party up and we've got the perfect weapon. And his name is Donald J. Trump. Well, yes. And as you know, a lot of us, I mean, look, sometimes I sense you're on the, you know, you're not a big Trump fan and that's OK. We have people with all points of view. But look, he he went there. He sensed it. I, 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 I don't think I that that was. I, no, no, Greg, don't get me wrong. You know, look, Donald Trump was not a culture warrior or a culture fighter before he ran for president. I can I give you lots of examples of that, but that's not the point. The point is, when he got the nomination, he, he followed through with everything he said. Unlike folks who actually, you know, probably had a long history of being cultural conservatives who didn't do a thing once they became president. Donald Trump, who wasn't a cultural conservative before he became president, actually acted like one and delivered for uh, for a lot of on a lot of cultural issues. And I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Respectfully, I would suggest that he was he certainly wasn't politically correct. He railed against PC culture, but yeah. he did not he did not disguise who he was. You know, he was a New Yorker. He had that lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I found it I find it interesting, though, that somebody so so foreign to cultural conservatives, conservatives could yeah. come together. And it's been kind of a magnificent thing. There have been some benefits. All right. So look, how do we uh, how do we make this permanent? There's not enough money. I keep hearing there's not enough money for every kid to go to uh, charter school. And we know that, right? Oh, that's not true. I mean, you look at look at uh, states like Florida uh, that now have money following the child. So every child has, has resources, every parent uh, our parents have resources to determine where their child wants to go to school. Iowa uh, is also dr dramatically expanded education savings accounts. Other states across the country have bills before them are considering it. I mean, Republicans, and this is the beauty of people, look at what's going on at the state level and what Republicans are doing across the country. It is a great model. I mean, DeSantis talks about it. He's, he's actually done it in Florida. Uh, you know, you have others uh, who, are, who are out front and talking about these issues. And I think it's going to be an important one uh, for the general election. If the election's about issues, I'm not sure it's going to be at this point. But if it is, I think Republicans have a really great weapon uh, to, to, to wage against the Democrats. There was just a CDC report out uh, just yesterday talking about how uh, 
kids who are in, in, in middle school and high school, uh, their suicide rates, homicide rates, rates went way up during COVID in 2020 mm. and 2021. And, uh, and, 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 and by the way, you were 13 times more likely to die from homicide than you were from COVID if you were in middle school and high school. And yet the teachers unions block these kids up and cause higher suicide rates, higher homicide rates. And for what? For nothing other than, again, I hate to say it, you know, the, the problem of, of education, the reason we're having failing schools is not a bug, according to the teachers union. It is exactly what they want. Right. They want a society that is dependent and and they're not educating our children. And as soon as the public and they're starting to figure that out, that they're trying to indoctrinate, not educate, you're going to see some big changes. I love being wrong about uh, there's not enough. Uh, we can't send them all to charter schools. If we can do that, awesome. We totally can. awesome. No, I'm a, I'm a big uh, supporter of this. And and I got two little ones, uh, one and three. So I got a lot in this, and we all do. Hey, Senator Santorum, thank you again very much. And we'll be right back. All right. God save the queen, man. he won a box what was that all about god save the queen it was a speech about guns i think in connecticut this is bad even for joe we're joined once again by dr manny sethi founder and president of healthy tennessee he's a trauma surgeon based in nashville tennessee dr sethi uh, some of this might be medical some of this just might be uh <laughs> just might be joe but anyway welcome back how are you Thank you so much, brother. Great to be with you. By the way, the last time you were on the show, after he took a tumble, you said that Joe Biden, and you weren't trying to be, you know, funny or, you know, anything like that, but you said he needs a walker. And that got yeah. a heck of a lot of attention. A lot of people, it's like, wow. Tell us again, um, you really believe a walker, medically speaking, would be preferable to say, uh, I don't know, a wheelchair or a cane or anything like that? You know, I, I stand by that. Look, I. What I said then is what I say now. We're one hip fracture away, brother, from having Kamala Harris as president. And so he's a very high fall risk. I would tell any patient um, uh, who has this many falls that, look, I really do think that you need a walker, some sort of aid when, you, when, when, you're, when you're out there because, you know, you keep falling and, and you're just at a very high risk of, of, of having a bad fracture. And so uh, I think that's what he needs. And that's, that's what I would tell his family. And oh, by the way, I don't know. I, he did a little phony run again, and the phony run gets him in trouble. I warned him about this a long time ago. Doctor, if you don't mind, clip E06. When you're the man, everybody's looking and watching, and I've noticed something about you, and actually, from the heart, sir, this is sincere. It concerns me. Uh, you're taking those stairs a little bit too fast. This whole running thing, this whole trying to convince everybody that you're a man of vitality, I've seen you run down ramps, run on stage, run off stage. Uh, it's going to catch up with you, and we're starting to see it. Take it easy, okay? Fair enough? Fair enough. He's a and doctor, uh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I thought that was pretty decent advice. Doesn't that that fake running thing, his arms move, but his legs aren't. And I think that kind of messes him up. That's right. And that, that's also one thing that you start to see in patients with, with different sorts of dementia, you know, where their body is in space, how they move. You know, your brain puts that all together. But when you when you have some brain dysfunction or, or dementia, 
uh, even even walking or running, it, it becomes very difficult because you have to kind of coordinate those motions. And we do that very naturally. But but again, when you're when so, when something happens to your brain, you don't. And so I, I think I think he's in some trouble here. All right. I want to play another clip. This is from the speech in Connecticut, a line we've heard before the pony soldier remark. Go ahead. Now, as you, some of you know, I'd usually come down and say hi to all of you. They tell me there's a storm coming in. Is that right? Is, still, is that still the deal? That's the truth. Now, don't make a lie. As that, as that scene in the John Wayne movie, don't make me a dog-faced lion pony soldier. Now, in that John Wayne movie, I do think they mentioned the word soldier, and at one point, the word pony was in it, but not dog-faced lion pony soldier. This is uh, cognitive, obviously. Or is it something else? Is it, uh, what do you make of it? You know, I think, again, what you're seeing here is, look, Greg, in, in, in people's brains, your frontal lobe kind of controls, you know, what you say. It's almost like your filter. We all have this filter. It's in our frontal lobe. But when you get dementia or you have a stroke in your frontal lobe or something like that, that's when people just say kind of the wildest stuff that doesn't add up. And, uh, and that's what you're seeing, right? He'll be saying something and then he'll say something completely random that does not fit with anything that he just said, like this God save the queen or this, this pony thing. And, and so it, it just more and more leads me to believe that, you know, he, he really does have a problem. And, and the issue here is, look, you know, Xi Jinping and China's watching this, Putin is watching this, you know, world leaders are watching our president uh, make no sense. And just as a, as a physician in America who, who cares about our country, I just would ask him uh, to really, really get some help and, 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 and talk to his family and plead with them that, look, take a neurocognitive test, show it to the American public, prove to us that this is not what's going on, because every sign as a doctor, and look, you, you didn't have to go to the greatest med school to figure this out. I mean, th this is just very basic when you, right. when you watch it. Yeah, you don't even have to be a real doctor. You could be a fake doctor like Dr. Jill Biden. You could be one of those, uh, if you don't mind. And this is, I think, just Joe, you know, career politician exaggerating all the time. What about the one with the, the, the gun truck? Because a federally licensed gun dealer is required by law to run background checks on those he's selling a weapon to. And in most cities down in Philadelphia and New York, areas I know well, like up here, You'd see a truck pull up, pull to the curb, and selling weapons, selling guns, selling AR-15, selling weapons. Well, guess what? You do that now, you go to jail. Wow, jail. Uh, it's not happening. Oh, by the way, in cities, it's not AR-15s. It's pistols. It's handguns. Some of them homemade, oh, by the way. And one other. Let's just, uh, these are just kind of fun. I'm sorry. But uh, what did Joe's dad say? Hit it. The ultimate abuse, the abuse of power. My dad used to say the single worst abuse of all was the abuse of power. Now, I've seen Joe Biden's dad. I saw pictures of him. I don't think he said that. I don't think in Wilmington, Delaware and Scranton, he was talking about the worst kind of abuse of power is abuse of power. Overall, personality assessment. And now we're just two guys talking, doctor. I know you're not a psychiatrist, but I've never seen anything like it. You know, either he... You know, again, this is, you know, it's his is his dementia. He's he's out to lunch, or he just he just you know in, lies and, and and stretches the truth. You know, I I don't know, but I am just telling you, 
as a physician who takes care of elderly patients a lot in my trauma practice, uh, we, we have a very serious problem and, uh, and, and he needs help. And, uh, and I think Trump's going to wipe the floor with him. Well, I don't want Joe to be hurt. I don't want that hip uh, fracture or a compound fracture or anything else. And I'm serious. I've said it publicly. I don't think his staff is serving him and maybe not even his family. Dr. Manny Sethi, we've done our part and I appreciate it sure. so much. All the best. And we'll be Thanks right so back. Much. You bet. Thanks so much. In Miami, we stopped waiting for Washington to lead. America's so-called leaders confuse being loud with actually leading. All Washington wants to do is fight with each other instead of fighting for the people that put them in office. My dad taught me that you get to choose your battles, and I am choosing the biggest one of my life. I'm going to run for president. I'm going to run for your children and mine. Let's give them the future they deserve. I don't know. That's Francis Suarez. He looks like he's jogging for himself, working out. What an egomaniac. I'm sorry. I don't get this. The 45-year-old mayor of Miami wants to be president of the United States. Um, maybe, I don't know, sir. I just don't know. Nobody knows who you are outside of Miami, and uh, this is an ego trip, right? Uh, let's see. 45 years old, married, two children. All perfectly nice, but presidential? Not yet. Maybe in 20 years. Uh, do something. Uh, being the mayor of Miami is just not that big a deal. And so far, not too impressed on the campaign trail. Here he is with the fake news. Had Donald Trump turned over all those documents, he wouldn't have been charged. I'm asking you about his behavior. Do you think it, it showed concern for the proper concern for classified material? Do you think it was reckless? Do you think it was legal? Like I said before, you know, I'm not a, a you know, a, an expert on these kinds of matters, but I do want to say this, that this conversation is not a healthy conversation for the country. We should be talking about the issues that Americans care about. We shouldn't be talking about, uh, you know, candidates being indicted. Yeah, um, that may be true, but a lot of us would like to change the subject or would like Donald Trump to not have been indicted. What does this guy, can you see him standing up against Putin? I find it really kind of nervy. And I'm all about chutzpah and going for it, but bad call. And I'm sorry, he's, well, I told you, he's married to a woman and he has two kids. Quite frankly, look, if he, look, Pete Buttigieg, what was special about him? I mean, maybe he was inspired by Mayor Pete, who, yeah, he parlayed that presidential run into a cabinet spot. Uh, but here's the thing about Pete, he's gay. And that doesn't mean anything to me, probably doesn't mean anything to you, but political reporters loved it and would not stop writing about it. That was his hook. That's what made him different, and uh, that's why they liked him. And anyway, he's turned out to be a bit of a disaster as far as uh, Treasury Secretary. doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight to uh, run railroads, right? Okay. Also, Merrick Garland made a rare public appearance today, not to talk about Trump, but to talk about Minneapolis and George Floyd. As I told George Floyd's family this morning, his death has had an irrevocable impact on the Minneapolis community, on our country, and on the world. His loss is still felt deeply by those who loved and knew him and by many who did not. The reverence for George Floyd is a bit much. 
don't you think? Don't forget he was a criminal. And not all the aspects of his death have been adequately reported. I wish he were still alive. I also wish that he did not have that panic attack in the backseat of the car and that the police didn't try to help him at first. Look, the whole thing is terrible, but what else from the attorney general? Shortly after I was sworn in as attorney general, I announced that the Justice Department had opened a separate civil investigation into whether the Minneapolis Police Department, the MPD, and the city of Minneapolis engage in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing. I am here today to announce the findings of that investigation. I am also announcing that the Justice Department, the city of Minneapolis, and the MPD have agreed in principle to negotiate towards a consent decree. These consent decrees are usually whatever the federal government wants them to be. They come in, they have all the resources, they basically dictate the terms, especially in blue states. Next, please. The Department of Justice has concluded that there is reasonable cause to believe that the Minneapolis Police Department and the city of Minneapolis engaged in a pattern or practice of conduct that violates the First and Fourth Amendments of the United States Constitution. We found that MPD and the city of Minneapolis engages in a pattern or practice of using excessive force, unlawfully discriminating against black and Native American people in enforcement activities, violating the rights of people engaged in protected speech, and discriminating against people with behavioral disabilities and responding to them when responding to them in crisis. Seeing these consent decrees before, this was the opinion they had before they even started looking at the police department. I'd like to look into this. The guy who burned down the Minneapolis uh, uh, police station, along with uh, hundreds of other people, well, he was convicted of arson, I believe. Yeah, 41 months in prison. And I just thought back to, uh, remember Big O, Big O Barnett? Yeah, he had his uh, feet up on the desk, Nancy's desk. He didn't burn down anything. He did not burn down anything. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. How much time did he get? 54 months in prison. Can I see those side by side, please? You burn a police station to the ground, uh, 41 months. You, um, you put your feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. I think we need a Justice Department to look into things like that. Don't you? I'll be right back. All right, you know this is a great TV show, and I'm going to tell you the secret reason why it's such a great TV show. Uh, my friend Jake Piacente, uh, he was the technical director on this show for the past year or so. He's technically directing right now in the back, but he is moving on, and uh, I will very much miss his professionalism, his skill, his maturity as well, and good cheer. And the maturity is interesting. He's only 25 years old. Uh, but look, not only do I like him, everybody likes him, and uh, he's going to be missed. But this is a good thing for him. He's moving on with his career. Who knows, maybe he'll be back someday as the boss. Huh? Jake Piacente, thank you very much. And I'll see the rest of you on Monday.